This episode of Limit Break Radio is made possible by our generous Patreon donors, including Elfie Ray of Ferry, Pelly Birdie of Balmung, and Kareth Stormbringer of Ultros. Thank you so much for your support, and if you want to support Limit Break Radio, visit patreon.com slash limitbreakradio. Take your clothes off. Juxtaposition. I don't get it. Ascalia. Holy shit, totally forgot about him. And Mika. Oh my god. Limitbreakradio.com. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. Episode number 14, part two. Part two. Part two. There we go. There's a proper goddamn waterfall. Which means you did it in the wrong place, Juxa. What part of surprise waterfall don't you understand? Surprise waterfall. God damn it. It means wait for him to get on a really good roll when he really wouldn't want us to do it. Wanting to do it. (laughs) I hate you. I hate you two more. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back. Uh, This is uh, an exciting episode for Limit Break Radio. We are closing in on becoming a weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. I hope you guys are excited as we are, because we are definitely excited. Super and that's, excited. that's all because of your support over at patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Uh, and boom, look at that. Another... Another uh, tick up. We are up to 1568 on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Uh, it is, uh, we're, we're excited to be back. And uh, today is an exciting episode because joining us, uh, we have someone who I'm, I'm a huge fan of their YouTube channel. Uh, I've been, uh, been uh, avidly watching their videos now uh, for, uh, for months. Ethis Asher is joining us. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Limit Break Radio. There it is. Thanks for having me, guys. I finally got it right. God damn it. Uh, I, I have been mispronouncing <laughs> Ethis's name. Uh, uh, for weeks now, as we've been uh, we've been doing some uh, some promo leading up to the took, show, only took Kahlo to fix it. Yeah, well, uh, and and Ethos and Ethos. So uh, oh, we are br- much too polite. We are broadcasting live from Corthus, and uh, we're going to go ahead and switch the stream over. Still got a lot of people dancing on the table. Hey, hey get off that table! Get, get, get off, off from there! That's an the 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 end of episode back. only. Yeah, the hell, guys! How long have we been doing this? Uh, in fact, it's it's usually at the end of part three that people get on the goddamn oh, table. Yeah, it was, I, was I didn't say, have that a Nico? chair, and I decided to dance. And <laughs> well, maybe if you were on time for once, you would have a chair. <laughs> Boom! What happens when Escalia takes my chair? Because I'm on time. No, it's because you left early. I was asleep. I got. I sat down in that chair at like one fifty-seven. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was anything oh, but early. Oh, one fifty-seven. You were. Oh, wow. yeah. He was anything I, but okay, early. Okay. To be fair, I went to the um, your free company house studio first because I forgot we moved today. So did Escalia. <laughs> uh, by the way, we are uh, we are broadcasting live in Corthus. If you'd like to join us, we are in the uh, Observatorium Pub. 
uh, in Corthus because, of course, we're outlaws in a or you know in 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 the three nations. And speak for yourself. I'm still a fucking rock star. Uh, okay. If if you were you ever a rock star, I w- will stroll head held high right into Ulda, and nobody lay a finger on me. I love the reactions that you get from NPCs when you walk into places. It now. is pretty cool how NPCs react. So uh, today we're going to be talking. We're uh, having a big spoilerific story discussion with this, which is That's why right. spoilers leave now if you don't, don't want ruin. them. Yes. This is we're your, sorry, but we're kicking you out. This is your warning. If you do not want spoilers, please leave the stream now. Uh, Don't listen to this episode until you finish. So yes. any, any and all spoilers, right? We're gonna, yeah, well, we're going to be talking any spoilers from any of two point uh, Any you know, Binding Coil of Bahamut. Uh, you anything know, fourteen. Uh, anything fourteen. Two point five. You know, th- all the way through two point five five. Everything is fair game. We are lifting. The embargo on spoilers, but we're guys. not going to spoil Heaven's Ward. Well, we can't. Well, we can't. We're we under NDA. <laughs> we might. We might have every prediction correct and spoil it for everyone. Yeah, we are total assholes. Might happen. Might happen. It's it's well. We have Ethis here, so I think that we you know we have we, <laughs> we have know the, the whole advantage. story already. That's how his channel is so good. They give him the story six months in advance. He has time. Oh, it's cheating. <laughs> What's well, actually Poe? It's actually the bird. It's all. It's all the bird. He's the real brains, and he's in bed. So I'm. I'm flying blind here. I have no idea what I'm doing. Lying blind. I see oh, what he did yeah. there. Clever. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Ethis, for uh, for joining us. And uh, I, I think I think the real reason that you're here is that uh, all of us are potentially incompetent, except for you. Like you know, you know. Like I feel like you've got you've got the handle on what is going on in Eorzea because your videos have helped me understand what's going on in Eorzea, and I've played all of it, and that's a problem for me. And and you you uh, you're smart. So. Don't touch us, Dick. <laughs> Uh, so, so Ethis is designed to be a check against our idiocy. So, uh, again, thank you for for joining us and check out his YouTube channel, uh, uh, youtube.com slash Ethis Asher, uh, and uh, go over there and subscribe because uh, he's he's he makes honestly, honestly, my favorite videos in Aorizia. And come on, listen to that voice, right? That's worth a sub. People, Which voice? people already sell it, saying that they could listen to him read the phone book. Hey, that you know That's actually not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> that hey, that's that's a compliment. I don't know that I've ever gotten that compliment. Did like, you say man? Let's just let's just get Ethis and Fatsuno together and I think we would explode everyone's eardrums. Yeah, actually there's a great show right there. Let's let's get uh Ethis and, and Fatsuno to host a show together. And read the phone book. And read the phone book. <laughs> just read the phone, read the phone book. book. Yeah. yeah. Or or yeah, they could just read things that the chat wants. Wait, no, I got it. If we get them to do a show and we track down Toilet ERP guy and <laughs> him write the script. <laughs> oh, <laughs> now, now no. the rating, the rating might oh. be up there. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's let's maybe not do that. All right. So uh, I think the best way to sort of preface this discussion is by sharing the Heaven's Word trailer uh, that was premiered last night uh, on uh, on the producer live letter. So uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, and get that up on screen. And uh, we'll go ahead. Peggy 16. Peggy 16. Last chance for spoilers. Get the fuck out. Last chance. Last warning. No, too late. You have to stay now. Final warning. Here we go. You're locked in. 
and make this a little bit bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> what? Sorry, sorry to block off the chat. Wow. Yeah. Can we talk during it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, I, there's, there's, I can't hear it. So you, so, so. You can, so you can watch a Nero fail? There's no, yeah, there, there's no voiceover. This, yeah, sorry you can't hear it, This Nika. character model will forever be a Nero. And I'm like mind. a few seconds behind you guys and watching it, too. <laughs> I'm on par with the chat. Sorry to cover up the chat during this portion. Kind of think the video sort of takes priority. Fate is cast these humans. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that this is not Susan Calloway singing this. It's not. It's definitely not. Doesn't sound like her. But the song changes and gets more epic later on, so I wonder if there's more to it or if it's just Oh, I like- guarantee there's more to it. But I, I have to wonder if this is going to take the place of answers. Like, the, if this is going to be sort of like, you know. If this is the like, Noah like every Like, Alexander music is going to be the remix of this. Or right. I hope, it, I hope it is, to be honest. I mean, Coil's like that. Track. Well, it is, it is composed by Uimatsu, so. Uh, yeah. You can tell, though. Like, be, be yeah. Oh, honest. you can so tell. Yeah. Not that we don't love Soken. Shiny. God, this looks so good. I know. I wish the actual any cutscene in the original ending cutscene, if it wasn't including your character, I wish they would have done it like this. I know. I, it's, look how look how beautiful Nanamo looks. Oh my gosh. Oh. Failed in you. No. Fly. So have we all decided that uh, Sid's going to build Robon a, a robo-arm? Oh, fuck yes. Yes. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about that. Auto mail. Awesome. I didn't think about that either. I would, that love, to see, I would love to see Dark Knight, Dark Knight Raubon with a robot arm. So is it just me or does this dragon look like the weird love child between Felcor the love dra- or the luck dragon and a Wamora from FF11? It definitely. I mean, it's it's not anything that we've seen yet. You know, like there's way more wings on that than uh, anything that we've we've seen so far in terms of you know, dragonkin. So dragoons, come on. Okay, See, no. I I'm trying to get excited. I just I'm, that rug's getting pulled out no, from under me. No, you shouldn't be. I I know. I want to be, but I can't be. I feel like that dragoon's just throwing that awful ranged weapon skill they have. Piercing talent. Yeah. Piercing talent. <laughs> Like the little divot it makes in the wood. <laughs> like, well, goddamn Square Enix, your attention to detail. See, look, he obviously has his own. Oh, it's probably just an in room. It's right? an in room. That's what we said. It's an in room. Goddamn. Nice view, though. Uh, I'm I, I'm thinking that's probably sea of clouds right there. Yeah, that is Sea of Clouds. Yeah. So pretty. I want that beard. Square <laughs> Enix, give me that goddamn beard. Hey, you take your Mongolian beard oh, and I you know like exactly it. exactly how you feel. It makes me upset. The thing that makes me really upset is that the, um, 
the head of the Holy See, the Pope guy. He's oh, got the yeah. massive, awesome fucking Ellison beard. That's not an option. That is in the game. That that is in the the fucking data files. And yeah, that's an awesome nothing. shot right there. Yeah, it is with Raldon. Yeah, I like the lollipop. Fuck the lollipop. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I want it to be like when you actually go pull out your uh, pole arm and you go into stance like your gear like clasps down around you like that. I bet you would when you want to pull out your pole arm. <laughs> I pull out my pole arm on stream every night. Ew. And clasps it tight. That's right. Uh, all right. So that was the uh, the trailer premiered uh, last night. Uh, at uh, at the producer live letter, uh, and uh, of course everyone uh, you know super hype. Uh, basically, an extended version of what we had already seen out at uh, out at uh, Fan Fest, uh, and uh, expanded to include you know some of the uh, 2.55 uh, storyline as well as uh, some additional scenes from uh, what what should be included in Heaven's Word. And uh, so I thought that uh, you know maybe this would be uh, you know this is probably a good chance to talk about this stuff. Uh, so uh, we want to get your input though on uh, on any of the 2.55 uh, story uh, you know where where you think uh, we're gonna be going with heaven's word uh, and uh, you can do that you can uh, you can join us as a caller to limit break radio by sending a Skype message over to limit break radio let us know what your character name and server is and uh, we'll get you in on the show uh, or you can dial eight one zero five one five eight seven one five and we'll try to take your call uh if we don't get to it you can leave us a voicemail and uh we'll we'll actually we'll play some of your voicemails uh if you uh if you happen to leave them so uh if uh if we don't get to you we apologize but uh you know take some consolation and uh and and leave us leave us a little voicemail message so uh but uh let's let's first talk let's talk about 2.55 because holy shit this shit was like an episode of game of thrones like but only one only one episode it was like yeah we know which one it was end of evangelion (laughs) yeah pretty much for me the part that gets spoiled you know there in the trailer yeah wasn't even like the biggest like wasn't even the thing that made me go holy shit well no dying i don't think anyone was too shocked they had we all predicted none yeah yeah kind of like we all call it it's not just just about being shocked though you know even knowing something's gonna happen it can still you know provoke a pretty hard emotional response from you sure especially the way they got the tears in her eyes especially the way that they executed yeah Yeah. my gosh it was very dramatic it was it was the the absolutely the dramatic execution of of these cutscenes was totally on point everything was on point um but they did for they they definitely foreshadowed nanimo being killed that was not that was definitely not a surprise definitely saw that one coming uh and you know uh i i think especially you know with it with the 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 poison being delivered by the handmaiden kind of saw that one coming that was not a big surprise yep. either i didn't expect to be framed for oh, are you yeah. kidding when you pick up the empty vial you didn't think you were going to be framed for no it. Uh, that one actually caught me off guard 
yeah, like, I, I, had I, didn't I didn't know what it was, was for. Like, oh, oh, maybe, oh my god! Especially, maybe Minfilia left this here. I was especially like, when Mamodi says you should hold on to that. Yeah, I'm like damn it, god no. damn it! Yeah. I like the mo- like the moment that she picked up the cup. I'm like, I'm about to get busted for this shit. But it wasn't until that moment where I was like, oh, this is gonna suck. Where you put two and two together? Yeah. Well, she like takes the drink, and I'm literally sitting there like, this is not gonna go well it's for like, anybody. Don't drink the drink. Don't drink it. It's bad. I almost thought Mamodi sent me out there happened. for a reason. Like Mamodi lied about so. I like, know. I'm actually wondering. So if I was she's like, oh. in on it. No, I don't think she was in no, on it. In I don't think end. so. I thought Mamodi wanted me to have that vial. That I thought the vial I had was like an antidote, and I could save her. Yeah, I thought <laughs> like that. somebody knew it was coming. Like I didn't expect that. I, it oh would be like, yeah, okay. I, I, I didn't I even. I didn't that. even really think of that possibility. No, no. So I just like, thought I was. So when I was when I was doing the cutscenes on the stream, and then they're like, oh, we even found the vial on her body. That's when it clicked, and I was like, what the. Bullshit! Like I didn't see, I did not even connect the dots on that one. Yeah, hey, I thought yep. that, like that crystal ray we were going to meet in Thanland was like gonna help us like stop the plot or something. I was like, oh, she, oh no, she got captured. This must be a clue to right. show who got her. I was right. thinking the opposite. I thought we were gonna go out there and it was gonna be a setup for us to get offed. Like I thought we were gonna be like but there was gonna be an like assassination a, on us right there. There was gonna be like an ambush or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking hanging out there. So. uh it, it, yeah, being framed, I think I think that was uh, that was definitely an interesting twist, and I like how like the minute she's on the ground, it's just like boom, he uh, yep. right there, right there, and uh, dude, what a dick! Oh, <laughs> what they, wow, Square Enix wrote an incredible dick character with Telegi Adelegi. That smirk it, it, is and, so I mean, perfect on his face. It really makes you know, me wonder if they passes. took inspiration from our show, right, Juxta? Dick. Damn. What's <laughs> two today? Yeah. Good can we Lord. Shots fired. Out, you know what? Shots fired. Can, can if, we, if Square Enix takes inspiration from me for to let you LS, I'm obviously I, fan cred. I'm. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Can we can we just set this little lover's tiff aside for now and concentrate on the fucking. Topic, that, that's a great please, idea, Nero. Just, please just keep it toned down. Set him stuff. aside. God. Like, just, just shut him off the show for for today. Yeah, no, you know, forever. No, you're right. You're right forever. No, I agree. No, you're the only one who loses the mic privileges because you're the only one who really abuses them. What? I never abuse it. Oh, okay. I'm gonna abuse my drops now too. Oh God! <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, what a what a great asshole character uh, in uh, Telegi Adelegi. I mean, everything from uh, from the vocal performance right down to the animation. That uh, smirk, totally. Oh, that, that smirk. smirk, the <laughs> smirk. <laughs> that like him getting cut down was just like the the. Like, I actually can't believe they went there. Half yeah, I, like, no, they, I thought they yeah. were going to stop. That was the first thing that that really blew my mind. Like I'm like, holy crap! Oh, that, that was so satisfying. It was so. Ethis uh, just said it perfectly. It was so satisfying. You're just like, yes, die, you I mean, scumbag. It was extra yeah. satisfying because for a moment you think that like, nah, they're not going to go there. Like he's going to stop. It's not going to happen. And then all of a sudden he or does it. And you're like, this is not them. the ending yeah. I expected to be watching. Yeah. yeah. It, it really well, I got into the start of the cutscenes. I got into the start of the cutscenes, uh, and immediately after Nanamo died, I got 90k'd. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, I did something and, and wrong. The this, game just disconnected like, me. This was at like uh, midnight, one a.m., and I was just like, "No." Wait, are you no, telling me you didn't, give, you didn't give her the you didn't give her the antidote? <laughs> <laughs> so she's dead in your game, then. I, I was seriously like, "No, I can't. I cannot do this." I need to take a walk. I went to bed. I got up the next morning and watched the cutscenes again. And um, yeah, when Telegi got cut down, I was like, "Oh yeah, it, it is. It is such a but satisfying moment." Watching her die moment. twice was uh, 
Yeah, it is. It is. Cool. It is a a massively gratifying moment. Oh, and, and that though, that line though by Raubon. Yeah, if you're gonna mock her, mock okay. her in hell. Oh, it was so perfect. <laughs> That whole scene, though, was just grand execution on Essie's part. Absolutely. From, and I mean, everything. Like the, the whole plot is so masterfully put together, with the exception of, oh, right, we actually have to like, beat them. Like, we actually have to be able to fight them and win. Outside of that one little detail, like, the whole plot is perfectly done. And just waiting for that moment where they could strike like that. Yeah. Yeah, it. It. I mean, you know, and and I. What I really hope is that Square Enix doesn't pull any punches here. That the people that we think are dead are dead. Yeah, because death is there's some sort of permanence there. You know, like none of the scions are dead. Because uh, no. I, no. I don't. Because I don't think that any no. of them necessarily were put into into a position where they were. Oh, like like where you're like, oh, they're dead. All right, yeah. No, I think Menphilia was the only one who I don't think... Like, if anyone's alive, it's Menphilia. Yeah. I think uh, the other me. people AOE left behind knowing they were, It was like a Zack Come situation. on. Like, I know there's a ton right. of people running at me. I'm one person. I'm going to stand here and sacrifice myself so my friends can get away. Menphilia was the only if, one who's like, Heidelin's telling me I have a mission. Goodbye. You know, like... You know. If there's one thing, if there's one thing you know about the Final Fantasy franchise, it's that if you don't actually see someone die... They're, they're not, not dead. dead. Yeah, that's true. Which is why we for know all, none For of all intents and purposes, they're not dead. But no. there are some people, there is a contingent of people out there who refuse to believe that Nanamo's actually dead, that we're actually going to uh, come I'm across sorry. her no, in I heaven's word. I would be so, let me just, I mean, uh, whatever, Square Enix, you write whatever you want to write, but I would personally be really disappointed if that's the case, because it takes all of the emotional impact from these scenes out of it. No, it just, I, don't, it, I don't see them unwriting it. That. It, it, no. it, that, that it's, was a bold choice. It, it is. The right choice. Yeah, I agree. Now, in, in regards to, to the fates of the Scions, I think that you can still get powerful stuff out of them. And, and, and if one or two of them is like permanently injured in some way, that's one thing. Mm. I could see us having to rescue some of them from captivity or, or um, Yishtola and Thancred could be trapped down there and we have to find a way to dig them out. Dig them out. I mean, there's just so many things that they could do with all of that yeah sure and one of the reasons that um i don't think uh specifically that yeshtola would perish is she gave that name just before it happened she said she apologized to someone which is her, 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 her sister. sister okay yeah which is is it, she's an npc that's attached to the the, the what was it Ar- arcanist quest or scholar quest? what is it uh, i know it's one it's a uh, arcanist arcanist okay okay and you. do they fully explore that in the arcanist or this, is there, there it's, it's heavily implied it's ha- this was the yeah. first First real confirmation exactly. that we got that they were sisters. Okay, and why would they then kill her off when that, now they have all of that to explore? I see. I don't know. I don't. I I think that they could explore it through the character I think of her sister. She's not dead because they're putting her in Dissidia. Uh, I, I see. We talked about that on right. Chocobo Dash, and I hate the idea of yeah. them making story based off decisions like that. Yeah, I totally agree. I'll I'll second that. Well, because Dissidia is all about like realms and like blah 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 so she could technically die here or and still exist in I just feel like, since, I just feel like since Dissidia is not out yet and they're trying to like cross 
especially promote her character in 14 then people come and they're like oh she's just dead yeah, I don't know I feel like if she's gonna there's, die it would be later well there's also I mean you know there's also been tweets from some of the voice actors yeah Sancred's voice actor says that he's lo- he's loving his roles but, in but Heaven's War here's the th- but here's the thing though is that he could be doing another character could be doing it and, because because scenes. yeah or or doing flashbacks echo scenes we do or, yeah. we, I mean, he, the echo they could be like spirits of Heidelin at this point sent to help us at some point yeah suddenly uh, suddenly Thancred and Ida's spirit show up to help you uh, in some it, way it, yeah it, it, there could be there could be a lot of things because you know the voice acting in FF14 there isn't a ton of it you plus know, I think like that Thancred would work at this point as like some type of really good um, like mentor character I mean he used to be an adventurer like us and then he took an arrow to the knee <laughs> <laughs> of course He did take an arrow did, today in fact Ooh. I don't get it Boo <laughs> Can we all agree on one thing though Out of all the scions Yida was the most epic With that AOE final heaven Oh it was so and the, good And the chip in her mask Oh, oh that was God. so awesome I thought she was gonna pull it off After that <laughs> To finally get to see her Like her eye Just like as she's looking Oh it was so perfect I honestly got a boner I was like, dude, you I figured so they hot. wouldn't show us because they showed us uh, Yugiri's face. They're not going to show us two faces in the same cutscenes. <laughs> just, just, well, just the spe- eye was enough. Cause spe- like, spe- I guess Yida's was first. And speaking then speaking was of hot, Yugiri's also really hot. Yeah, what, what was, was there any the question? Or, well, the, dude, the aura. I, I mean, it just that, so if that's a really good forward sell for the aura. Yeah, they're just so you. mysterious. Definitely. <laughs> Now, what I got out of those cutscenes the most is that double limit breaks where you like take a, a block mage and like power up a monk. I was and- gonna say, yeah, I'm like, how did he just pass off? That's- <laughs> can we can we have those, please? That's way better than what Nika does when we're in raids and she's like, oh, I'm gonna sprint to give us a little bit of limit break gauge. <laughs> you need to step up your game, Nika. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's uh, yeah, all of the scions dying. We don't really know what They're their fate dead. is, but I mean, like, I don't know. I think the, I think the implication, you, you know, like I don't. I, know. I think they're at least captured. There's no way they can get out of that. Minfilia might be the only one who's still free somewhere because Hydaelyn's t- the one who told her to do something. Well, well they'll definitely be captured. We'll probably think that they're dead until a couple of patches in, and then we'll find out they're they're alive through someone and have to go rescue I them. I hope that, right. like some uh, of them have went you know. like undercover, and we think they're a villain, and then they have this great no, reveal. I love the idea of them being dead because it just reinforces like this thing that uh, Essie has taken with Aorzea is that it can be a bad place where yeah. bad things happen to people, right. and everyone you like isn't coming home. Home at the end okay, of the day. but if they're going to do that, the fact that they just all died or some of them just died off screen, I think that's also missing out on opportunities. If they're going to kill anybody, yeah. that's for, why I think Nanamo is. is well, well let's for example, let's say that let's say that 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 Thancred and Yastola are still down there somewhere, or they escaped in some way, right? Okay, but Poppy Mo and Yida, they got captured. Okay, there's no way around it. Even all if right. they defeated all of those brass blades and there's crystal braves, thousands more. There's more coming. So imagine at some point they're being tried, and one of our missions is to rescue them, but we don't get there in time. We get there just as they're executed. Oh, that would be way sweet. more powerful. Oh my god, I'm like, way fucking game. better. That's actually wow. <laughs> yes, that's well, that's right? brutal. Way better than quit. just oh yeah, they died in off screen in these fucking cutscenes. I totally no. agree, dude. That would be that would. That would be heartbreaking. Dude, that, that would be brutal, but at the same time, like I, I loved Ida and Papalima. They get the Louis Swaff fade to white as they give their lives to help you escape from this. That's, That's true. What more and do then, you want out of a death scene? And that 
that is pretty thematically accurate, given that these are all the students of Louis Swat. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's another reason we don't see it is because a lot of it is like you're supposed to feel how your character is feeling. Like you feel like you were framed. Your character has no idea if they're dead or alive. So I feel like if they showed it on screen, it would kind of imply that your character knows. There's right. no way your character would know. But point. there's there's also this. I mean, there's also this other thing where all the characters that we thought had died from one point are the big characters like Louis Swa and oh, and Nail. Louis Swa was more or less dead. Uh, well, just- but they found but they found ways to to bring them back and reincorporate them into the story to either give 1.0 a sense of closure or to just use the character models again. And I, I mean, I don't mean to sound that cynical, um, but it did take some of, you know, because it did feel like Louis Swa was turned into this, like, mythical, like, paragon in the FF14. Like, he was... You know, he became like, legend. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, there are other characters who legit did die in the calamity. That you know, um, yeah, there it, are NPCs you can yeah. look on Gamerscape Wiki that says ever since the calamity, they are no longer around. Right, and and and, and other and other NPCs will kind of refer to them, or you know, they'll they'll be less known. But it seemed like Louis Swa, like like he was he like especially with the way that the staff was you know was put up behind Minfilia's desk, it felt like. It was a Horcrux. <laughs> but but you guys you guys know what I mean. Like when when he came back in uh, in T twelve it or or actually when he came back like during the all of the lead up through Binding Coil, it kind of felt like it took a little bit of the impact out of that. It it was it was at the same time it was also very compelling because you're but like they, what the fuck is he doing? Well, though, his like, character you so see him much, like. Though. In the distance, and you're like, wait, is that him? Could that be him? And you're like, what the fuck? And then I thought it was someone like impersonating him or like a ghost. Like you don't know. I don't, and I don't. So, I think by the time you see, you actually see Louis Swa, he's become almost so like twisted away from his original purpose that like it doesn't really diminish what he was in 1.0. See, I wonder if you guys feel this way because you played 1.0. Because obviously, I I didn't. I myself have in absolutely. In 1.0, you didn't do very much. I have absolutely <laughs> well, no. Yeah, you had a much bigger role in 2.0 than in, in 1.0. 1.0. He was the person who transported you to the primal battle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but he they, sat but they there had... in, Gr- in Gridania where you get the uh, achievement items. Now he sat there over yeah. by the water and just t- teleported you places. But they had set him up as as having a having a larger role. I mean, I yeah. you know his flavor text was you know pretty. Well, okay, but see that's the thing I'm talking about. For you guys, he was just an NPC that teleported you, and now they're saying, oh, he's this thing of legend. So you have sort of two conflicting images of what. No, of what he, he became is. he became legend when when he stood up to Bahamut. Oh in that, uh, no! In right, that final cutscene. But again, that's the thing I'm saying. That's all I know him for. Right. Period. Right. That's right. where we Just started that. with him. Is what you're saying? I, right. I, I never saw him as some NPC that teleported you before. Right from the start, he was this paragon of yeah. We saw him as a normal person, sure. immense kind of power, became. and he died. I never got a chance to know him. So for me, he has always been this legendary character. Okay. Uh, fair. Fair enough fair enough yeah we like yeah i guess Kalos character never knew him as a friend like our character did yeah, or just yeah as the dude who teleported you around yeah basically um so yeah I, I, but the thing the the really the 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 crux of what i'm getting to here is that you know they have a little bit of wiggle room with the scions and their connection to louis swa and being able to bring them back nanimo i think is pretty clear-cut we've all you know we all kind of agree in the room uh i'm not sure if there's anyone who who would you know want to call up and disagree with us but nanimo feels like it's got to be like an 
Aries style, like dad, 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 dad. You know, like that's a bold choice. Can we bring her back with the game shark? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right there. Yeah, exactly. There's talk of like the monetarists, like having like a puppet Nanamo now that they're going to use to see. Rule. That would be inter- That would be interesting as long as it's not you know the actual Nanamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I I, I think. Uh, I think any of those uh, those uh, you know are, are are possible. Well, the reason I like the idea so much of the science actually being dead is when we go into 3.0 and we go to heavens where we go to Ishgard. Um, I now go into that terrified that one of my companions might get offed. Like I now have actual fear for someone I care about in this game dying. Whereas until this last patch, I never really had any thoughts that anyone died. Even in this big, great calamity from 1.0 to 2.0, pretty much everyone of importance outside of Louis Wa lives. But you see, they can still get that effect from you. Not if they bring them all back. And more. No, that's what I'm saying though. You don't need to have them have died during this particular time to get that effect on you. Like I said, first mission we get is that, hey, we've heard of you know, properly, Mo. They're, they're still alive. We can save them, right? Right. And maybe we even do, right? We get there. We stop the execution, and as we're leaving, someone pops up and offs one of them. Like as we're out the gate, kind of. But thing. for what purpose? Like we're already at the point where they like have, you, they have torn like us down. Said, they have torn us apart in these last scenes. It's just like you said. You said you want to be able to feel like no one's safe. Yeah. And the fact that we are out the door in normal games, we actually save them. I can do it because I'm the main character, and we did it. What Kala was saying is that no matter what, just knowing that not every mission is 100. percent But we've already got that. I already feel like nothing is safe. I just watched all my companions die like i already it. have that feeling <laughs> you just want to save your feelings you just want to get it all over with at once he doesn't right, want his heart dead. broken again <laughs> well i mean but the whole Fuck point it. of this patch was this was the great fall and of us, us being torn down kind of ripped no back down to earth from again. being great Everyone's right dead. <laughs> yeah and you know what things are gonna get a hell of a lot worse before they get better Escalia. Yeah, yeah. uh, well, you know what you could sorry, be right Midgar- midgard stormer says you brought you, up Moonbrita. well midgard stormer says oh, yeah. as you're was, looking onto ishgard he says you think you're gonna you know you're you will find death and worse here right and so what i'm saying is they right. don't need to be dead they, they still have use sure they still have use and to just kill all of them or even some of them some of them off off camera i think is Underutilizing the full potential yeah, that I, they could. I think it's cheap. I, I guess, but yeah, I, th- I think I, I think it would be cheap to bring them back just to kill them again. No, but that, that's the thing. Bring them back. them back. They're not. We don't know <laughs> that they're that, dead. That's how to tear your heart apart because you're already torn apart because you think they're dead. But since we didn't see them hope. die, they're going to bring them back. We're happy, and then they kill it's, them again. Kill it's again. called it, again. it's <laughs> called playing with the the audience's expectation. Like that's what you're. That's really what what they would be doing by hey the your your companions might possibly still be alive. And you go, oh, well, that allows me to hope that they're still alive. And then, hey, maybe one or two of them are actually still alive. And you're you almost save them. And then, boom, in comes an Asian and an offset. How, how's this for a compromise there in between? You get word. Why that are we the- compromising on anything? It's not like we have any amount of control over this. Okay, so fine. A middle ground ish sort of idea. We get word that, you know, Ida and Papalimo may still be alive. We're going back. We're trying to break into Uldah to find out. We get to the, this grand ending cutscene where we find out that, no, they are not actually alive. Like, we were, this is them luring us back to Uldah with the promises of them maybe being alive. That would suck, too. Okay. Yeah. There's just, they, there's a lot they, more. As long as they utilize something. Yeah, there's a lot more that they can do than just the fade to white, I think is the point. 
the the fade to white. Uh, I mean, thema- I it was so perfect. Th- thematically, it works because again, uh, you know, students of Louis Swa. Again, it, it's thematically pretty good. But uh, again, like Louis Swa, I don't think that this has to be the end of their story, and I don't think that it is. I absolutely don't think that it is. Uh, we'll definitely, I think we'll definitely be seeing more of the scions in Heaven's Word. So, um, but but I agree, uh, Kahlo, I love that idea of just bringing them back to kill them. I, that's, that's a great, I love, like, that's that's playing some ga- more Game of Thrones shit. You know, and I and not to home, just, no, I don't want to just turn Final Fantasy XIV into Game of Thrones online. You sound like that you kind of do. <laughs> I'm no, not going to lie. But, a little salty. But the th- no, it, it has nothing to do with salt. But it, it it has to do with good, compelling storytelling because they've done so much to set up these characters that we feel attached to in a way that we, you know, we... I kind of I, I feel like sort of out of the gate that was one of the criticisms of FF14 was that you know none of the characters really like stood out especially in 1.0 like there uh, you know Absolutely. none of, none of the NPCs that you met were really all that memorable even the cutscene NPCs were sort of interchangeable and you got them mixed up all the time but here come you know once Yoshi Yoshi once uh, once he came in and and stepped in and he started uh, you know really introducing strong characters as you know the the leaders of the three nations i mean we did have the scions um but uh but i, I still do feel like until this final cutscene, other than like Thancred and alpha note i feel like the scions still until this final cutscene, didn't have much yes I, I, yeah, was, I was gonna exactly. say obviously we care for them because they're the scions but i think the square enix in 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 this next uh, expansion can up the game and get them more involved with us in the quest and make us feel more for them and exactly. how quickly do we do supplant them, they them. don't kill them in our first mission because honestly like, i want to know more about them and like i know by looking on the wiki and listening to lore things like what happened from long before 1.0 where they came from but like your character doesn't know them for that and like you're and i feel like maybe yishtola we know a little about and i mean philia now once we learned about her past but like papalimo i know literally nothing him and yida yeah absolutely nothing about them at this i thought you i i i heard you bring up a really good point that how quickly are we going to be supplanting them as in like how quickly are we going to be moving on and 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 utilizing a different group to the ends uh, you know like the the ends of heaven's word you know i think i I said that asshole Mm. oh did you oh wow he called you out man (laughs) Just I'm going to assume that it was Ethos anyway. Yeah, yeah. Honey, thank, thank you for that, Ethos. I appreciate that. <laughs> Lovely. Well, it was on, I, it was on Yeah, I think I think we're going to be finding some uh, some new and some different allies apart from the Scions, and I think that having them out of the picture for the time being, it doesn't doesn't have to be permanent. It gives us an opportunity to find our new allies. I mean, we've got Midgard Stormer at the moment. Um, I'm absolutely convinced that Lady Iceheart is on our side. And um, that her breaking the wards at um, at Ishgard there was uh, sort of instrumental for for Ishgard opening their gates because she has some idea of um, of what's happening with the Asians there. That's uh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, and there was also there was a line from one of the final coil cut scenes that I thought was also really interesting, where someone said it doesn't matter if you're fighting for. Heidelin's children or Bahamut's children that this needs to come to a resolution and I thought that that was a really interesting choice of lines uh, because like is is there is there going to be a point where we are 
kind of sympathizing with the the Dravanians or you know even even trying to like work with them probably because I, I think we already are <laughs> you, you do I, I think we're already very much sympathizing with them um, I don't it's, it's with the heavily implied particularly through coil that uh, the Dravanians are actually descendants of the the Mericidians that survived the fall of the Allegan Empire and they're all basically uh, ex-slaves of the Allegans right um, and that gives you you obviously develop a lot of sympathy for the Mericidians through the um, the, the, the coil scenes and um I think that when Midgard Zorma is talking about children paying for their father's crimes, he's sort of talking us uh, about us as inheritors of that elegant sin. Oh, um, you think so? And yeah, I, I think I think he's talking partly about that and partly about the fact that we've got the same Asian influences and the fact that he's conscious and I think Iceheart is conscious of uh, what's going on behind the Holy See with the Asians though. Well, yeah, because it is uh, it is that is another implication that um, you know the the uh, the Archbishop is that is that the leader of the I, I, I yeah. Think so yeah yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. that yeah. the Archbishop um, you know in the one scene that we've seen with him in it behind him are two of the Asians the white you know the Yep. I can't remember his name right now. I can't remember any of their names. Bel- Bel- I just Lias. remember mutton chops. No, Elidibus. I know. I know. Elidibus uh, La- La- or Elidibus. Elid- yeah, that was it. Yeah, and, it's Elidibus. And, yeah. and who was? And, and there was another one. There was a. There was a dark. It's Asian. not La-, uh, La Habrea, is it? I don't think it's. La- I mean, is it La Habrea? I mean, you, the, really, the identifying thing is there. Is there? Face markings, and I'm not sure that we saw. We talking about that final cutscene. We're talking uh, about the two not, people you not see the, behind not, the archbishop. Yeah, the two people behind the archbishop that we saw maybe closer to. Um, I think that was just before Shiva uh, was released. Um, so it does. I mean, there is a heavy implication that whatever is going on in the Holy See is, uh, you know, is heavily the ish, or the uh, the the Essenes have their fingers in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And and you know that that does kind of bring us to the very final after credits cutscene that we get where we do we have two Asians that are in play there and again I forget which one of those is La Habrea one of those is La, La Habrea, Habrea and Elidibus yeah. okay and so um a, a, you know they're they're kind of going back and forth and then they address a third party which we find to be Uriange. Uh, that uh, looks pissed to be there. Um, I I don't know. He no, sort of. Fair, I thought he was, always looks pissed. He sort of looked neutral. I thought. Um, I thought he looked annoyed and irked to be there. Um, but it, there was an interesting choice of words in that cutscene where they referred to him uh, as what is it? Um, Archon. Archon. Yes, which is a term from back in the 1.0 storyline as. Uh, the calamity was unfolding. Uh, Archons uh, started appearing in the city states, which was uh, it was Uriange. It was his character, character uh, that would appear in Olda and I think some other places, maybe some other camps. The end and, is nigh, and and start proclaiming that the that the end is coming. And uh, they were referred to as as Archons. And so I just I find it a really interesting choice that you know they. Uh, easily they could have called him uh, a scion because scion uh you know that would have been a, a, an applicable title or uh even uh you know charlian because you know he's supposedly of charlian descent but they chose archon 
which is a, a callback to 1.0. Ethos, do you have any opinions on that? Well, all of the uh, the circle of knowing are self-professed archons, right? Um, and we we know that the uh, our our understanding of the umbral calamities is based on this uh, sort of ancient legend of the cycle of the ages, and that uh, you know upon the cusp of each umbral area, you have these archons appearing who sort of understand where it's coming from and how it's coming, and sort of warn people and help people survive in that. Um, I, I agree that it's very interesting that they're calling him Archon as opposed to Scion. Right. Um, and that, that might be implying that he's sort of a harbinger of, of some sort of catalyst. Um, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think about Orianje? I, I feel like he's playing a really interesting game there. I'm not ready to accept that he's on the Asian side yet. Let's look at it this way. All right. Obviously, when we play games like Final Fantasy, we look... We, there's good and evil. We're the good guys. They're the bad guys. We have to stop the evil forces, right? So let's look at it for a mm. second. Not like good and evil, but but subjectively, okay? Because whatever the Asians are trying to do, they're not like, mm-hmm, we are evil and we must just destroy everything because that's what we do because we're evil, right? They have some goals in mind for something. Urianje is a very scientific guy, right? The fact that they call him Archon, who you said they are these people who understand why these the the, the destructions or, or whatever's happening is happening right so i don't want to say he sympathizes but if he understands it he uh, i don't know i don't think that he's necessarily there to spy i don't think i that feel he's like he's like his team. own um his own party yeah definitely could it be yeah go ahead nika go ahead yeah what i was thinking is like it's one of those character devices where you have someone who's on your side has his own agenda and he realizes he can get more out of his own agenda from helping the other side like Riku and Kingdom Hearts or Joey and Suikoden 2 I was thinking like a character who decides this is how I want this to happen so I'm going to use them for my own means and so whether or not it means turning your back on your friend a, or helping the enemy it doesn't make him evil it just means he has his own agenda a Gendo Akari if you will <laughs> Always with the Ava references. On yeah, the show. that's just me. But, but yes, no, it's, it, it's interesting how you talk about the the Asian agenda as something that's not black and white. But it's it's always seemed to me like they are just perfect nihilists. They um their worship of zodiac is is based on this idea that the the natural state of the universe is lifeless and, and nothingness and just void, and um, that they sort of can't tolerate existence and they can't tolerate growth and that everything they're doing is about Zodiac sort of consuming uh, and, and sort of overriding the, the natural entropy and, and ultimately destroying Eidolon. That's, um, that's, so I think that is quite black and white. Well, that's no, a good obviously point. to us, yeah, destroying all life Ooh. is evil. But do you think in their <laughs> eyes that they're like, we're evil because we're killing everything? No, See, I, they're, no, they're but, in an in-between realm. I think when you look at it, the good is us, the evil is the Garleans. Like, no, the ah, no, I, I was, no, I was no, actually, no, I, I was going to disagree. I was going to disagree because a lot of what Gaius says makes sense. Like there is a certain amount of, of, of cold logic that Gaius has where I'm like, Okay, like I may not agree. Still trying to conquer everyone and making an empire doesn't make him a good person. But again, put it—it's not about being good. Put yourself in his shoes. 
do you think I'm an evil person because I'm doing this? Yeah, because well, because I, I mean, their their big thing is you know the Garleans they see the primals as a as a big problem, and they want they also want to control the ether. Uh, that exists, you know, like that was their big p- initial play into Vanadil. Like, yes, they want to subjugate, but I think that they also want to bring order. Oh, and absolutely. I, and, and, you know, like for as for as e- evil as we want to, you know, make things like the Empire in in Star Wars, like, you know, if if the world is a very dangerous uh, you know, place, and you want to try to bring order to it, then what do you, you know, what are you going to try to do? You're going to try to impose yourself. I mean, you know, that's what uh, that's what politics is. You know, like if you want to talk geo geopolitics, that that's why we have wars. You know, uh, we want to establish, you know, civilization. I'm using air quotes here, um, but it, it, there there is a, a certain amount of manifest destiny logic that makes sense with the Garleans, where Ethis, I think you bring up a really good point that the Asians are way more nihilistic and and way more like, you know, like if everything was dead, that's the way that it should be. And and I actually I think that is a bit more black and white. But there are layers there. You know, there are layers to each level of conflict here. And uh, I think I, I mean, now right now, as of two point five five going into three point oh, it's a very uh, is a really fascinating place to be a part of, uh, you know, to be a denizen of. So Kuki just mentioned something that I had I hadn't considered even for like a moment. On Uriange, um, the Asians obviously they they live e- eternally unless you know you intervene. Any chance that uh, Uriange is communicating with the Asians in an attempt to get Moonbrita back? I it's, hope not. I, no, That'd be I just think. Simply because he is an Archon with all of that kind of outer foresight, and I feel like he is much as heartbroken as he would be over Moonbrita. I feel like he knows so much more about what's going on than we know. Yes. And I think if he was going to defect for any purpose, it wouldn't be for something so simple as I that. I don't think he's defecting. I think that he he, he gathers knowledge. That's what he does. He's a very scientific person. He's very straightforward about things. He has to know how they work. And the fact that I feel like he got closure with the way that Moon died, that I don't think that this whole thing would just be about getting her back. I just don't... I mean, did you really get a sense... I mean, like, of course they were close. And, and that, you know, that yeah, like was well established. They were, like, really good friends. I mean, Brita was in love with him, but I don't necessarily think he was in love with her. I, yeah, I don't... I, I just don't... I don't... Because she died, and he was like, well, stiff upper lip, you know, like, let's no, just move on. No, it showed a scene of him at no. the end, like, being sad. If you went over to him in the Rising Stones after all those quests were done, he was like, I don't want to talk right now. And that's from Urianje, and he mm. always talks. Mm. He loves to talk. <laughs> mm. That's must, his thing. I must needs to be silent right now. Yeah. So <laughs> interesting. Um, Doc Kodiak makes makes a really good point in the chat. There, the the Galanes are exactly like the Roman Empire. Even yeah. their their names are taken from Roman names. Um, the the thing about Final Fantasy is that in in almost every instance it's sort of a a story of um japanese meeting the the kind of british colonialism um it's it's a story of progression and and uh industry to a point uh corrupting and that's why we've got these cycle 
uh, of errors. It's why we've got uh, these empires rising and sort of uh, overreaching themselves. And well, the, the hubris makes them uh, vulnerable to the Asian influence. The, and and that's that's an interesting observation, too, because, um, you know, it seems like the points where you could point to a lot of progress, quote unquote, progress being made, like uh, the cerulean processing plants. That's also at the same time, a very industrial, dirty area mm-hmm. that, yeah. it, it, you know, yeah, like absolutely. it doesn't it does not. I, I think the implication there f- just from the zone design is that this is not a very clean process and it's having an impact on the environment uh, around there. And, and so, you know, what kind of what, uh, you know, does that does that also impact the people and uh, what what kind of influence does that bring? I think that that's a legitimate question to ask. Um, and you said the word I think that should ring so true for all of Final Fantasy 14. That's hubris. The, the mm, whole absolutely. the whole theme that I've seen of Final Fantasy fourteen is pride comes before the fall, mm, and it's yes. time after time after time the Garleans were certain they were going to win, and then they got crushed. And uh, I think that happens twice. In fact, for the Garleans, they have that lovely moment. It, well, and now it's uh, Alfino, yes, who has been on a mission to save the world, and has has gotten to the point where he is very prideful and very confident that he is going to save the world. He finally got his comeuppance in this storyline and in a grand way that's that's actually a really good point and actually juxta i'd also like to point out that the, one of the predictions that you had made was that the crystal Surprise. braves were gonna, gonna fuck fall. some shit off yes. yeah and, and they did and, and well and i know that you had said like oh yeah we're gonna get into it with Alfino. and and but no like we were i mean that was that was a very astute observation that what Alfino was creating what he was building was far beyond his control yeah and 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 in the end it, it ended up biting him in the ass mm-hmm. and uh i i just i i thought that that was a really really fantastic observation on your part well and the whole yeah, i never would have noticed that the whole 2.55 storyline built up to it so well what with him uh literally confronting the leaders of three nations and saying based kind of dropping the do you know who i am almost he does to, he to does. get to get people to get them to send more help to ishgard and finally uh Merrill, Meryl Webb, however she pronounces it, I just I just saw that cutscene again, and she pronounces her name for the first time, and it's like, oh, that's how you say that. Anyway, she finally just tells him basically, you know what, dude, my nation comes first. I don't give a shit about Ishgard. Yeah, and it, this whole story was just kind of his final his downfall. What, how much how much of a disappointment was it for you guys uh, during the two point five five final cutscene? when all the shit was going down and the other two leaders of the nations just bolted. Like I they, was going to talk. Oh, yeah, I was yeah. actually going to talk to that. It, it was upsetting at first. No, but if you I think get about it. it no. If you think about what it, if Merlewood... If Merlo yeah. was going to take out her gun and shoot someone, that instantly suspects all of Limsa as being yeah, in that, on this. That, okay, I, that's a good we've point. Talked, we've talked about how, or they've talked about how their nation comes first, and if they do not want to put anyone in their nation at risk of any yeah, kind of suspect, she needs to peace out. Yeah. But what the, mm. well, the part that bugs me is that when, like, the first, was it, um, Yida was the first one to say, I'm going to stay behind? Your character should have been number oh one to God. say, yes. no, I've defeated Bahamut. I've defeated yeah. Bahamut. Yeah. That's the yeah. one Give me five seconds that, and I'll kill them all. But, but hold on. Hold on. I'm no, going no, no, no. to mm-hmm. give credit to him. The, when they dropped the gate, okay, we can't, I mean, we could have walked around, but but that I get, okay? <laughs> I could blow it, it was up. a circle. Still, the, Please the, let me The point is, we were forced to leave at that point. So that one I was okay with, but the the Yastola 
and Thancred won, and then the one where where, where Minfilia walks off, and then we're just like, okay, bye. bye. Oh my god, that's the one thing that bugged me. Because yeah, like you said, we're the motherfucking <laughs> warriors of goddamn light. I know, and it's like, if, if you think about how incredible up. Bahamut was, and that most of us, a lot of us have killed Bahamut, killed all the primals, and they say it's a feat never done before. We are such a powerful person and presence in the entire world, and we run away with our tail between oh, our legs. I think. Blades. Oh, yeah, that's and 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 that's really like that's that's it. Uh, you know, no, hold is that on, hold on? No, okay. Store, uh, come on, brass blades and crystal braves. We no, can't fucking. They were take wearing, that. It's like, not, it's okay, not was, about it's not no, about physical I, strength. It's about political power. If you you are just been convicted of treason, okay, and your first reaction is to murder all the guards to escape. Do you think that's going to help your case well, at he all? He decided to do it. Well, and I think we also need to consider that, obviously, you know, for the sake of the game, we only see so many brass blades. But we, in theory, it's the entirety of Uldah's army, basically, trying to matter. take you I'm down. It doesn't matter. I'm 130. I've defeated Bahamut. They're, like, in level I-40 gear. What are they going to do? You don't know that. You don't know that. One that could damage. Be, they could be level uh, 80 guards, so. you know? At some point, sheer numbers. Like, let's say if there's you know forty thousand brass blades, you're not even if they hit you for That's one damage, true. you're going to get one Meridium shot. And Praetorium had tons of people. We just exploded with eight people. Like us and the Scions, like a party teaming up. If we can take down Praetorium and Castrum, we can take down the guards. But I that's don't know. not going it to solve so. anything. You're going to bring down like you. Now you have like everyone hating you because you just murdered an entire yeah, contingency. You have, you have to remember, every one of those brass blades has a family. Hey, guess what? Niga Kayanan, the Warrior of Light, killed your father. And killed the mother of the little girl next door. I guess is it, that justice? I, well, your I father was it, an asshole. I guess it. Well, it, I guess it, I guess it kind of would. That, it would kind of. Those were the corrupt ones, though. They weren't the ones who. You don't know. They're just getting a, a hang paycheck. On, hang on. So when, once you talk to an old dog that have no, like the other breastplates, they don't actually know what happened down there. So like, yeah, only the ones you chose stories. to follow and corrupt. You just leave no witnesses. Well, so so is killing corrupt <laughs> cops okay? I mean, like that's because that's sort of like what the it's. If you're going to draw the parallels, if, if you're going to start killing brass blades, it's kind of like killing cops. I'm not know? killing them because they're corrupt. I'm killing them because they legitimately know they're trying to frame me and capture me for something I didn't do because they chose to side with See, someone no, who disagree. Was trying disagree. to take down the entire. I disagree. I nation. don't think that they know that everything's corrupt. They're just pawns. And as the monetarist, you're not going to go around and tell yeah. every single yeah. person. Yeah. So in you said, hey, that person killed the Sultana. Go get her. Yeah, you're not going to yeah. go around and tell all these people your plan because then it's going to get out. The people okay, who are going true. after you legitimately believe that you killed the Sultana. Okay, yeah, sure, yeah. you've done all these heroic things for us, but obviously it was for your own gain. I mean, yeah, that's you're true. helping okay, us, but it's also raising you up. who say, I don't believe that you did that. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, but there, of course, there's always going to be dissent, but what I liked about it was... But in a, in a moment of crisis, nobody's going to do that. Nobody's right. going to... You don't have to take their orders and the they're going to go. is dead. Yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Yeah. It, whoever, it, you know, whoever's going to get the ping, the finger pointed at them first, like, that's going to... I mean, you're there's basically going to be a witch. Once dead. they've had a few days to yeah. think about it, and like, wait a minute. The warrior of light did not kill the Sultana. That's yeah. silly. I just yeah, but the only thing for me was just that that last scene with Minfilia when you're the last one. If she would have had a little bit better monologue, but just it, watching you know, my guys just like walks away, I'm like, damn, come stoic on. Stoic nod. I feel on. like the only reason she did though is because she said Heidelin spoke to her and told right, her to but do this. I would have liked a little bit more. Like, give me a reason to really leave Minfilia. I think because I, 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 I think Heidelin said so. Ugh. 
Well, I you, think that's what makes it hard about an MMO because your character can't talk back to her. That's true. And I think I think about since there was only two of us that to make that dialogue like really mean something we would have had to say no something no her. untrue i disagree like when she tries to run away like like you know you could have did the the, the doubt emote or whatever and just just have her give us more reason than uh. just heidelin said so well, well and, and, and there, I, i'd imagine it come heaven's ward we are going to at some point get some insight into what heidelin said to yeah, Minfilia. I, that's why too. i don't think Minfilia is oh, absolutely it's, yeah it, it definitely uh here's the thing though is that there is a there's a a, a, a a contingent of people who don't understand like you know like oh well if if Minfilia got a message through the echo why didn't i also get the message through the echo because Stormer. thank you he yes that's it. exactly right cuz he, he, sha- he yeah he shattered all the all the crystals that you had collected yep. and and speared you through the heart and removed your gift he of the didn't echo he remove it he well, suppressed it he suppressed it yeah it's and still there so uh that's why you know Minfilia gets the message and you don't you know you're sort of left in the dark and that brings us to like the following cutscene, which was my it has been my favorite cutscene in the whole of Final Fantasy fourteen, everything considered. And that is that final cutscene where you get out of there, the chocobo cart from the beginning of the game shows up to take you <laughs> out, and it's this perfect moment of closure. It has brought the full cycle full around. Circle, like, instead of being brought into Ulda, you hop into the cart, and this is, this is just some random guy who is who heeded the call to come help the Warrior of Light, and is now helping you escape and get out of Ulda the same well, way you eventually came in. Well, here's another thing: and Pippin, we all don't can forget teleport Pippin. to like Mortonos either at Crystal. We've seen Minfilia do it. Why couldn't we just teleport out of there? I think, it's to, be ass- I think it's to be assumed <laughs> that you're in combat. You're in combat. <laughs> no. okay, fair That's true. <laughs> oh my god! That's they a- do wow. They Damn. do mention with at Horizon though that um, the states have some form of control over the Aetherite. I think with the Sultana being assassinated, it's reasonable to assume they would disable the Aetherite. That's always been our like, no, but they would assume uh, disable the Aetherite around Uldas, so you wouldn't be able to teleport. That's what I assumed anyway. You're in combat. Yeah, or you're in combat. More yeah. accurately, you're in combat. I like I like that answer better. That's actually that's a oh. more satisfying, okay, more outside, accurate answer. I have a question for Juxta. Because then we sit on the cart and we watch Ulda. I guess it is the full circle literary plot device thing. Yeah, yeah. Because when you like think about it, we're you. just yeah. so slowly moving away. And you're like, okay, hurry up, hurry up, get on the cart. <laughs> Let's just teleport. We're not in battle anymore. But uh, Juxta, for as long as we've played this game, you have always always doubted Elfenaud's intentions. (laughs) So my question to you now is, what do you think of him now? Clearly, this was all just his master plan, right? Do you you still think he's a Harrison Wells? He got all the Scions (laughs) killed. He's doing pretty good by you. He's probably a good guy, I guess. (laughs) 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 Although, I'm just saying, maybe he's not actively evil, but his but he's actions, the job done. His actions still fucked up a whole <laughs> lot of shit. That's true. You have more proof now than ever. <laughs> the monitors own Ulda and the Scions are all dead because of him. <laughs> you should be gloating over this man. <laughs> he's he has good intentions. Cause I could tell that he was actually Heartstruck over his little army. Being he's just evil. He's got. He can hide it really well. <laughs> no, that's well. just that was. It was his bruised ego. Is all it was. He was that's just. True. Yeah. Yeah. He's just mad he couldn't do it himself. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Damn it was it. cool to finally see them use those little mask things, though. Is, is that's that, true. Is that what he had on at the end of that cutscene when, yeah. when you meet him in yeah. Pippin? Yeah. He, yep. had, he had his hood and the mask on. Oh yeah. So uh, so what do you have, uh, Pippin? 
That was an interesting. He uh, seems like a badass. Seems like an interesting. Uh, <laughs> someone to remind me. They said he's the son of someone. Remind Raubon. me of that one. He's the adopted son of Raubon. He's Raubon's yeah. adopted son. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that makes sense, I guess. Although it's it's kind of weird that we didn't hear about him earlier. Uh, but you know, if we're if we're sticking with the Game of Thrones thing, has you he know, never even been mentioned by name before, Ethis. No, I don't. I think no, I remember a Pippin, and I I thought it was kind of lazy. When they introduced him, I was like, See, oh, come on. I think, I they, think there could have been well, the, some mention somewhere to do with the Alamigo front. See, I, here's, here's what I think. I think that that is, uh, that is, uh, Nanamo's, uh, rape baby. Oh my God. <laughs> because, because, you know, well, was, because that's what happens. There's, that. there thing, is, there, thing. there's a, there's a, a section of the Sestasha map that's called the, the Sultana's lap. And there was some really, <laughs> Really, uh, uh, unsorted shit that went down there. So if if wow. that's what if that's what happened, and she ended up pregnant because of it, it would make sense. Raubon took the kid, and Raubon would have taken and the kid. They, um, guys, and he would literally and, name the Sultana's lap after the side that she got raped. A Nero has been reading. Uh, too much man, it's pirates. Come on, we're, we're yeah. look if if. <laughs> If 2.55 taught me anything, we're going dark, and we need to go. <laughs> oh, we need to prepare geez. for it to go okay. really what dark. I'm they needed more characters because since all the scions are gone, we're making our own little people. It's us, Alphanel, Yugiri, Pippin, and um, freaking well, Pippin what's, off, the, the little what's her face, Lalafell. Like, Lu- Luda Rayleigh in the chat says that Pippin, uh, Pippin was mentioned in the calamity clips. Oh, is that right? Really? Yeah, oh, calamity okay. clips. Yeah. Did which, someone stump yeah. this already? Which mm. clips are we talking? About? I have no uh, idea. I, uh, Tales from the Calamity that happened around the the what was it the oh. one year anniversary of uh, the calamity? But he wasn't yeah, mentioned right. in the game, right? No, I don't think directly. I think maybe mentioned in that. I don't. I've now I really want to go back and read all. So of those. so 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 we are of the opinion then apparently the theory that Pippin is Nanamo's child. I no, see. You are of that theory. No, no, I'm not. Hang on, hang on. No, no, no. But hang on, hang on. The reason that I think that is that it sets up a uh, a line of succession. Uh, that oh. yeah, because because if the monitorists are trying to usurp usurp the throne, then you have to come in and say that no, this is mine by birthright, and it would make sense that if his origin was something fucked up, that Raubon would take him instead of him being a prince. Right, that I think that makes sense. If his mm. origin has some kind of is, is sorted in some way, then it makes sense from a story standpoint that that Raubon would have sh- would have sheltered him for for his own protection. Hmm. Now hold on, how old is a Sultana and how old is Pippin? Right, That's a great question. Jay, I have no, Jane no, I don't know either. James says the lore team confirmed that Nanamo is twenty five. Okay, uh, and Pippin's easily twenty, so. I don't know uh, what. It, how old? I don't know how I old mean, is Pippin. It, 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 she didn't give birth at we, nine. We don't, that's we the don't point. know. Look, the thing is, we don't know. At this is all yet. Age these potato people, right? <laughs> I was going to say the, the the physiology of Lala Fells are completely <laughs> different from us. So. Oh my god! How old? How old potato is people? I love that. Oh my this, god! This is just going oh my so god. dark. Potato people. That just you just you just blew my mind. <laughs> that is amazing. So does that mean they're grown in the ground? That's what I'm calling them from now on. Potato people. <laughs> oh well, my but, god! Okay, so but, legitimately never heard that. No, no, I've never heard that either. Okay, but no, he he doesn't he doesn't have to be her son to set up this whole ascension of the throne thing. That's true. Um, what if he's of some type of Sildan uh, 
origin. Well, they, but they uh, didn't they address Silden origin in, 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 in Hildebrand? Hildebrand. Yep. Yeah, but again, yes. that's just yes, what they do. Knew just because they said but they I, were the last one. See, but I, no, but I think that they put a bow on on the Silda stuff, mm. uh, especially when it comes to succession or trying to you know the the current Ulda versus Silda. There is. There's way more lore in in Silda to explore, mm-hmm. but it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna come from a storyline like like we had with with Hildebrand. Okay, I think that would be too much too much retreading of territory. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is interesting to note that uh, the the exit that we make in the uh, you know in the two point five five storyline is through the Silden uh, aqueducts. Ruins, yeah, yep. and uh, that there was. Uh, in the 1.0 map, I want to say in Copper Bell that there was some, there was a little bit of access to some of that area, and uh, it, it is obviously not accessible in the current dungeon iteration of Copper Bell. Uh, but a lot of sections of Copper Bell are are also inaccessible. Uh, so you know, it's uh, I th- I think that the Silden ruins uh, are something that maybe uh, you know maybe we'll end up exploring moving forward. Uh, but there's just you know, there's way too much with Corthus and uh, you know, and and uh, Dravania uh, to to really expect to go back there in any meaningful way. I think, um, but that's just again, this is all my opinion. I I, I just put you know, I kind of put two and two well, together it's, between. It's definitely a really good opportunity at the very least. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I it, you know, just kind of going back to Pippin for a second though. You know, I just kind of put together like, okay, well, you know, uh, he's a Lalafell. Uh, Nanamo was also a Lalafell, and there was this fucked up thing that happened in Sestasha and you know that would be a really good reason to to want to hide somebody mm-hmm. and uh and and a lot of people brought up that it would be a really lame plot device if they just went oh Pippin is the is the you know the the rightful heir to the throne look at that but if they made it like like really sorted and and sort of messed up like that I think that they could avoid a lot Ugh. of that criticism right. now, now now let me ask you a question because mm-hmm. You seem to be wanting the story to go in a really Game of Thrones direction, right? Yeah. All right. So, uh, should we be expecting Elfin out and Alice to get together? <laughs> <laughs> I thought they already had. <laughs> oh God! Ooh. There it is. Oh, oh. Really? Wasn't, wasn't that wasn't that joining of the the grimoire some sort of metaphor? Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. By the way, Game of Thrones premieres tonight at nine o'clock. Yeah, I <laughs> so. Uh, going into that that cutscene with the Sultana, where you you've been asked to you know step aside and meet with the Sultana, I think I was the only one who felt like this. But I really thought like she was going to announce that you know she's going to make Ula a democracy basically, and she wanted you to like become president to go for it. Like I thought, I'm going <laughs> yeah, to get to run. I'm going to get to run this city, and it's going to be awesome. And then she died. I'm like nah, you were you definitely were, the only one. The I, only I one. just felt like it was like like because no. she asked you to come have this meeting with her, and then all she asked you is like. Watch out for Rauban. Like we well, could have had no, this conversation anywhere. I no, feel no, like no, 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 she, no, no. The she reason she did that, that she was stepping down, and I think well, she was going to tell everyone that in a minute anyway. But she knew. I think she, in some way, knew something might happen to her. So she was telling you, of all people, the guy who has toppled all these primals, who's taken down Bahamut, who has saved the realm over and over and over again. That if this doesn't go the right way, I'm telling you because I know you will make sure. That this happens one way or another. I mean, you That's even why she's telling you me. even make a we go tea to party for her. That's true. That means something. That's true. And you you cook a whole dinner for her. Actually, I know. you cook a whole feast for. Her. 
So that brings a hey, question. Yeah, how's that? How's that going to work what, if you don't have culinarian at fifty? How's that going to work? How's I want to know that <laughs> because at the end of culinarian's quest line, you make a dinner for the sultana. That's the level fifty quest <laughs> for her. Now I have to level culinarian. Shit. It'll be really awkward. I have it leveled. I'm going to go and do it. Like I haven't done all the quests. They just yet, add so. in a little cutscene where it's like, "Thank you for making the feast for the sultana," but she's not feeling very well right now, and. Uh, <laughs> But, well, thanks anyway. <laughs> you, yeah, you come. You're under, getting framed again. Yeah, you come <laughs> under suspect again. Yeah. All right. So, so a few people that have have pointed out, um, Nanamo is obviously going to be some type of family name, right? So perhaps that the the one who was raped in the Sultana's lap was a mother, and Pippin could be some type of illegitimate brother. Okay, that's yeah, that's another possibility. That's that's a this possibility. This is so dark. We, we've all just decided that it's a given that Nanamo was raped at some point. <laughs> Someone, Somebody was raped. Somebody porn got raped. God, God damn it, there was rape. rape. <laughs> that, but that's, I'm pretty sure I remember that from some kind of uh, additional lore explanation that there was, was something sorted that happened that between, some shit. between Mistbeard and the Sultana in Wasn't the Sultana's it in lap. Um, I thought it was. Fitting? Yeah, I thought it was in his, in his, uh, one of his lore cast episodes. Uh, I can't remember. I, I think, think it was. Yeah, it, it was. I think it, I think it was. I think that was that was the direct interview with Koji Fox. Uh, was was where they had uh, they had talked about that. So I mean, if you think I'm crazy, go ahead and listen to that episode. Maybe I am crazy. Um, no, you're definitely no, know, crazy, no, but definitely maybe you're mistaken. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. There. There you go. Uh, so I want to spend a little bit of time because, uh, you know, we're, we're already over an hour here on this discussion. Uh, but I want to spend some time talking about Corthus because, uh, I, I have a massive fascination with a massive Corth- boner. Yeah. I knew you were going to go there. Oh my God. <laughs> the, you, are, you are so predictable. The leader of at least found a drop for it. No. God. And, and it, it has, it has, it has a slight tilt. <laughs> <laughs> a lilt actually is the term that he used. Uh, right, so right, right, little tilt. I want to. I, I want to talk about Corthus because, uh, of, of course, we're going to be uh, be given access to oh, Western Corthus. That uh, you know, we had uh, it, it, you know, it, we had we had already been it confirmed that it was still there. There are a couple of NPCs that you get quests from that are right near Slow Snow Cloak that talk about uh, crossing. Uh, what is that? The the bridge that was right there. Uh, oh gar- right, yeah. Gar- Argoyles crossing uh, as the calamity was happening and as the the snow and ice wall was being formed. Uh, so we knew that you know at some point we could possibly be given uh, access to uh, to Corthus. And now, of course, with the tour of the North video confirming that we will get access to Corthus. And uh, one of the things that they said in one of the interviews at PAX was that um, they're they're paying close attention to a lot of the names that were there from 1.0 and. Uh, you know, I think I I I, I shared uh, a, a link to a high quality version of the uh, 1.0 Corthus map, but I, I'd like to spend a little bit of time, uh, especially you know, with us being uh, being 1.0 players, uh, myself and and Nika Ethis, did you play 1.0? No, I didn't. No, okay. Um, but uh, but you know, being that we have some 1.0 uh, 
was huge. Uh, yeah. How how far how far did you make it? Did you get to all of God. the teleport points? I don't even think I did. No. I mean, you I remember know. trying what are you? to get I to thought there was a certain a title. teleport there point was. over and over, but getting aggro and dying every single time. Yeah. Cause, well, because a lot of the mobs were like in the nineties. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. There were mean, there was like ni- level ninety one gods in one point oh was much yeah. higher. Like yeah. there was achievements for going out and slaying all of the the H and M's in the world, and some of them were in those extreme aggro Kurthis areas that. I feel like I maybe fought them once and never made it back. That kind of stuff. Like it was ridiculous. Um, but uh, but we are going to be visiting uh, uh, some of these places, and uh, I just I kind of want to take uh, you know Nika, you and I had uh, had kind of gone through the 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 video of the the tour of the north on uh, on the uh, E three or I'm sorry the uh, uh, PAX uh, East 2015 wrap up that we did, but I kind of just want to go back over. Uh, at least the first portion of this tour of the North video, and uh, I don't know, maybe give some, uh, you know, g- give some uh, uh, predictions as to places that we could end up seeing uh, based on what we see with this uh, with the tour of the North video. So uh, I'm going to. Uh, oh, I didn't. Did I not set up the video? Uh, hang on, got to uh, got to crop the video. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I think I think that they you know they showed us a lot of really interesting stuff uh, in this uh, in the tour of the north. Uh, so uh, let's see here, uh, Juxta. Yeah, you're probably going to have to get around here so you can uh, so you can watch the video. Get get nice and get nice and cozy with Ascalia because uh, you're going to have to share his mic. I'll show you number six. You can I go home now? Yes. Leave. Get out. Thank you. Nobody wants you here. No. It's getting weird. Take the dick with you. You're home with me. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, and bring the tour of the North video up. I'm going to try to keep the chat room. I don't know if I've seen this. It doesn't sound familiar, but I feel like I would have, like... I can't believe that you... Uh, if you haven't seen that, that's very the live letter at PAX. Yeah. Yeah, you did you not? Did you not watch the live letter from PAX? I mean, I know you weren't on stream with us, but I mean, did you not go back and watch it? I feel like I should have, but oh this my doesn't God. seem familiar. You're a terrible person. Good job. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's let's check this out. Peggy sixteen. I love the pullback. The pullback's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna be pa- I'm I'm gonna be pausing this as we go. Okay. Um, oh, you're ruining my immersion. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Here is Ascalia's lap. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting weird, guys. It's getting weird. So who's raping who? It's debatable at this point. Santana's <laughs> lamp, Ascalia's lamp. Put the lines together. <laughs> Jux has been the culprit this whole time. <laughs> Pippin is Jux's child. <laughs> it, it, makes so much, it makes so much sense. Uh, Shintison says if you donate $20 to the LBR Patreon, you'll get to join their rape ELP group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to ignore that bit, Ethis. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the aura looks oh, really cool. Yeah, we can all fly here, right? 
in the city? I don't think they'd allow you to fly in the said, city. They said you can fly in every new area, including I don't think each the city. guard. I don't think the city. Maybe not in the workshop. Well, no, you know, because being a city, you have your mount restrictions. Maybe. Yeah, it's a very vertically structured city, though, so it wouldn't surprise me. And it's yeah, huge. Yeah, you can just fly much, from the bottom level bigger. to the next level up. Yeah. Yeah, it's much bigger than the other from, cities. Fly from foundation to the pillars by flying upwards. I feel like yeah, but I feel well. Yeah, if they have two different names, though, I feel like they're two different zones. Probably. You can fly up, and instead of a ceiling, there's a zone line, and you zone up to the pillars. Uh, that would that would actually be pretty cool. All right, <laughs> so here we are uh, uh, in the Corthus Western Highlands. This opening shot here, uh, we've got the uh, we've got the the dragoon immortalized. Uh, on uh statue yeah in the in the statue uh i i can't remember um because they at at uh at fan fest they had told some stories about uh some of the locations in corthus from 1.0 but i want to say that that's maybe the worm uh no not the worm king's perch um what am i looking for here uh maybe the fury's gaze i don't know but if it feels like that's gonna that's definitely something that's um you know that's that's uh, named on uh, on the map. Um, the problem, you know, I didn't I didn't go to a lot of these places in Corthus. I think, uh, you know, my uh, the farthest I got in Corthus in 1.0 was was basically Camp Dragonhead, and uh, you know, I of course uh, you know Ever Lakes and and all of the southern part of Corthus that you had to get to to uh, to get to uh, you know the the central highlands and then uh, you know some parts of uh, some some parts of eastern Corthus as well. Um, but uh, but I, I I don't know. I definitely I think that this, it's going to be something. And then we see something else on uh, in the peak in the background. Um, so a monument, some sort of monument. Oh, we actually see that statue again. So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's not something as special as I well, thought it was. So here we go. We've, we've got this big structure. I, I think that this is the Dusk Vigil. Uh, that that seems to make uh, a lot of sense given the other vigils, you know, the Stone Vigil in uh, Central as well as uh, Steel Vigil. Uh, I think that uh, that this big structure right here, this is Dusk Vigil. Uh, I, I it looks, I mean, like I don't, I can't tell. Do you guys? I, it, it looks kind of abandoned. Uh, so maybe that might end up being a dungeon. Uh, if it's oh, ab- maybe abandoned and it's in. Coerthus, up there near Ishgard, maybe it's some type of a really old, um, I forget the, the, the names you guys used from Coil, but Dravanian Stronghold. Uh, well, no, this is definitely, I think this is definitely Ishgardi. It looks like Ishgardi. Yeah, it's because, definitely Ishgardi. Be, yeah, they've got, the, they've got the gigantic spears that we see being fired off uh, from, I think they, they're implying that they fire those off from Ishgard proper. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we find them again, yes. but they're frozen over. So this place has obviously been abandoned for a long ass time. It might, it might be abandoned. I don't know. It, it, could, it could go either way. I, I, it might just be an active stronghold. Um, that I, I felt like this was the the sort of front between Ishgard territory and the the Trevanians. Um I just I just felt like geographically it's in such a strong position and it's such a massive dominating structure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I, mm, I don't have any reason to believe it's abandoned. 
Uh, and, and again, I, I, I think that the placement on the map, when you look at the 1.0 Corthus map, uh, that that, uh, you know, it being the Dusk Vigil, it makes a whole lot of sense given the placement, uh, you know, and given its size uh, comparative to the other vigils that we've seen, uh, you know, with Stone Vigil being destroyed, uh, as well as, you know, Steel Vigil being the uh, being the uh, um, staging ground for the uh, God, what is the fate that happens up there? Um, the big dragon Savara, fate. Savara. So, that's yeah. it, Savara. Thank you. Um, so I, I think you know uh, that maybe it's the last active vigil, or maybe all the vigils have been fucked. Um, so here we go, uh, flying uh, under a bridge here. Um, aetherite. Yeah, we we see this very clearly. This is a broken aetherite, uh, and then we sort of swoop up here. And uh, when we watched this initially uh, as a part of the, the stream before the, uh, the HD YouTube clip came out, couldn't tell if that was some kind of ship or if it was bones. It's definitely clear that it's bones. You can tell, uh, you know, like right here that those are those are uh, like a rib cage, and then that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be the skull of a massive dragon. And I I think that that's Worm King's perch. Uh, that the the uh, the broken aetherite makes sense being there uh, as well as uh, you know a gigantic uh, the, uh, the you know the remnants of a dragon. I think that that's uh, that's probably you know that's probably a, a a good place to uh, to put that. I can't believe this is also the same zone. My goodness, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so so much. Uh, also, also in the Corthus Western Highlands, we have this uh, big, gigantic tower with an aetherite. Uh, it seems like it's one of the only active, maybe non-abandoned structures in the area. Uh, I, you know, some people have said maybe this is Falcon's Nest uh, because there was a large, uh, quite sizable tower inside of Falcon's Nest. I'm not so sure based on the stories that the NPCs told of leaving Falcon's Nest that are on the other side of the Snowcloak Wall. Uh, so this could be an entirely new encampment, maybe up near uh, uh, Twin Pools. Um, but uh, the, the, the areas that I'm most interested in exploring uh, have to be Twin Pools and the Dreaming Dragon uh, from 1.0. Uh, they were always uh, really, you know, especially the Dreaming Dragon. That's a very compelling, uh, you know, uh, name to to want to investigate investigate and uh and uh it never got a chance to so i i would be very interested to see uh what exactly is at the dreaming dragon um so and i think that's the last yeah we we start moving into uh the dravanian hinterlands here um but uh but it's pretty clear that uh the section of the 1.0 map called the lance that's going to be uh our our first push into uh, you know, into the Dravanian lands, uh, and uh, and possibly even getting access to Western Corthus, uh, as opposed to uh, you know tunneling through Snowcloak. Uh, it may be uh, you know we get access to Sea of Clouds first, and then uh, get access we to skydive down on the other side to uh, Corthus uh, Western Highlands. Um, but I also want to spend a minute talking about uh, the eastern section of the Corthus map. Do you guys think that we'll ever Ever see the eastern section of of Corthus? I, I I understand maybe why they wouldn't want to include it with this part of the. It could easily be a future patch. 
it could, although they've never added zones in patches. And you, mean and, and, and you know what? That's true. Prior to Ninja, I have never seen a new job added in a patch. In all the games I've ever played. Always an expansion. Yep. Okay, all right. That's a good point. All right, point point taken, point taken. Jeff said, I'm pretty sure that you can return. If it doesn't happen during 3.x, it won't. If it doesn't happen during 3.x, I don't think it will happen. I See, I tend to agree. But I actually, I think that we might get the 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 east, eastern part of Corthus as we start because there's still um you know north of the black shroud and east of Corthus there's that section of the map that contains Alamigo and as we start pushing towards the empire so if that's the direction that they decide to start pushing us in the expansion after heaven's word if we're pushing now east towards you know making a making a run at the empire i think that that may be a more appropriate time to introduce Corthus east uh low and highlands if we know it's not completely destroyed or like we know it's still well, things are happening. I I think I think you know there's more evidence that the eastern part of the map is still there given that there's still a bridge there. You know, like the entirety of battle on the big bridge happens on uh you know that's that specifically uh that's um that's the Griffin crossing that would take you to the lower part of the eastern uh, the the eastern lowlands. So yeah, I, would, I did not make that connection. I would say <laughs> I would actually say that there's there's a pretty there's there's pretty strong evidence. There's more evidence for eastern uh, the eastern part of Corthus to exist than uh, w- we would have believed. You know, w- with western. Um, so I, I I don't know. I think it's I think it's really interesting. But you know, let me uh, before we move off of Corthus here for a second. Let me tell you how bothered I am by the uh, edit that was done between 1.0 and 2.0 of the Corthus map and just completely removing the Corthus Central Lowlands. Uh, when you zoned from Mordona, you used to zone uh, into a section of the map called the, the Corthus Central Lowlands, and they have been completely bypassed now to take you straight to uh, to to the to the Central Highlands. Where's the? Uh, show me the central on this on this map, like, here, like, like, like where it is we zone into. Okay, so here's here's Central Corthus as as, as it exists now. Here's basically oh, where we zone yeah. in. Here's where we zone in. Right here's the nail. Right here is is yeah. basically where that so that actually, crater yeah, is. I'm not sure how they would ever be able to put the the. The, How would the they go back and put ever. it in? Yeah, because I mean, like, look at it. Like that's uh, they cut all of that out. That's a significant portion of that map. Uh, I guess at unless this, the I guess lowlands it, are literally lower than the highlands, and they somehow allow us to go down. No, I think at this point that that that. It, they don't exist anymore. The, Just the, wrote it off. The, the, the calamity destroyed the lowlands because I don't see how they could that, ever. That put area those in. is a complete mess. The the lowlands uh, borders with the uh, west route. Now, if you go to the North Shroud and you travel west of Fall Gold Float and you look sort of southwest and you see the uh, the piece of Dalamud that's fallen there, it is completely obliterated everything. And that's basically uh, the Coerthus Lowlands that you're looking at there. So it has been just uh, destroyed, essentially. Now I need to go see that. I want to see that. Yeah. I, I I, like- I'm expecting, because we've had these rumors, um, and uh, I need to make it clear to everyone that this is, this is totally unconfirmed, but we've had rumors of uh, data mining revealing uh, West Shroud in the mm-hmm. data files right. currently. Um, 
And if we turn out to see that, a lot of that is going to start to border towards the lowlands and border towards these completely obliterated sections. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if we, if we see them, they might be part of the same zone. Um, or like we're saying, it might, it might just be not. But worth going there at all you know it's it's interesting that that west trout and and the uh corthus lowlands got you know got it so bad because they don't necessarily have the closest proximity to where cartano is to where the actual epicenter of uh you know of the calamity happened and so i you know i just i have to wonder what was the impetus to make that damage so severe big chunk well, they- of dalamud falling on your face yeah, they got they got one of the the major bulkheads. We got the three yeah. coils. I mean, I mean, it, it, um, we had one of them dropping on Mordona and revealing the Crystal Tower and just completely obliterating that area. Um, and then we've got the one in uh, that the sort of Northwest Shroud area, basically doing the same thing. Imagine Dalamon, huge moon, right? It explodes. Now, in the cutscene, we see all the pieces from the bottom hitting Cardano and around there. But you have to remember, too, that, like, the top of Dalamon would have shot up into the stratosphere, traveled who knows how far, and fell into other parts of, of Eorzea. Hmm. So I guess it's not completely out of, I mean, I'm not obviously a physicist or anything like that, but it's not completely out of the question that huge chunks of that did fall in, in areas, you know, further away from Cardano. Right. Yeah, because it just... I well, we need to... We need to realize as well that um, the the coils are, for all intents and purposes, sentient, and they're seeking out Bahamut, and they're actually tunneling underground. So uh, e- even in spite of what we're seeing on the surface, there's massive, massive damage being done to those areas underneath the ground where we explore the coils. Hmm. Good point. Good point. I'm actually uh, I'm trying to find the Black Shroud map from 1.0 to see. Uh, you know exactly where, and I can't, I can't seem to find it. It's got everything else other than uh, the black shroud, of course, because it was. Oh, there it is. Um, so here we got. Yeah, we uh, here's, holy f. Here's, <laughs> that, that's what you guys used to run around in. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it, worse than your tongue jungle. It was. It <laughs> it was legitimately awful. Um, so here we see the the west part of uh of the black shroud uh everything that that should have been obliterated uh obliterated by uh the calamity and what's interesting to note is that uh the um the zone line to corthus that would zone you into eastern corthus uh was actually right next to Falgord lake uh, which obviously still exists and still is the zone line between uh, uh, between North Shroud and uh, and Corthus, right? Am I am I correct in that? Is North Shroud and Corthus connected? Yeah, yeah. So that zone line still exists. Uh, uh, you know, with with West West Corthus being all uh, you know messed up. With, uh, for example, uh, Crimson Bark. Uh, and uh, and you know Pixie Falls and all of these areas uh, turning leaf, all of them uh, getting ostensibly obliterated. Um, but uh, but it, it 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 doesn't. I don't know. They just they don't. Are they? I'm I'm trying to look at the big map now to see how close. The stream they, is asking if they can see the map too. Uh, I'll I'll go ahead and share the website. Sure. Um, I, I, it just, it would take a lot of time to, to kind of crop this stuff together, but yeah, I mean, you can see on, on the, uh, on the wider Eorzea map, 
that uh, you know the Black Shroud and Corthus. Uh, you know they they do. They're a huge border. Yeah, they do literally border. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, I I could see that maybe you know if if West Shroud got really fucked up the way that they said it did, it, that that the Lowlands could also uh be 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 pretty severely screwed up. Uh, but plus the other thing to mention too is like uh, as they said, if the uh, the coils are down there grinding through the earth, that could cause some type of um. Like tectonic plate shifts, which sure. is, which is why what used to be the entrance to the central um, uh, highlands in the low, lowlands are so different now at this point. It, yeah, I mean there there's there have been a lot of points in the map that have been moved around, maybe not so satisfyingly so. Um, and I think that this was one of the big ones. But I, it doesn't give me a whole lot of hope that we'll ever see the lowlands, even if they are fucked up. Um, I to be honest, it, you know, uh, from what from what I've I've researched about uh, the data mining that people have done to find the uh, the areas in. Uh, you know, in West Shroud, it seems more like additional map data to be able to um, satisfyingly fill in that view from North Shroud as opposed to uh, or East Shroud. I can't remember. Or no, uh, Central North Shroud. Shroud. North Shroud. Thank well, you. We can see it from Central and North. Yeah, um, I think you're right, though. Yeah, I think I think that that you know people might. Uh, I think that that's maybe more wish fulfillment than it is uh, you know like a clear indication that we're ever going to be going back to those zones because you know a lot all of these zones are made with a, a whole lot of detail and a whole lot of care and just. Because there's additional zone info in one zone or two zones doesn't mean that we'll actually ever necessarily see those zones ever again. Um, I, and I'm pretty sure that Square Enix has said flat out that we're probably not gonna go, not gonna go back there ever again. So, so ha- having not played 1.0, did like something great happen in this zone? Did you make it with a girl there or something? Because you are really into this <laughs> zone. Like I've never seen you so impassioned about something like a piece of the map being missing. Yeah, uh, I mean, your jimmies are quite Russell. Oh, if I come do on say now. So come on now. No, I think that it's really interesting that they're, uh, you know, first of all, that they took such a massive map, uh, uh, such as the 1.0 Corthus map, and then only gave us one section of it when 2.0 came out. I, that always bothered me because I, I did, I, you know, Corthus was legitimately probably the most interesting place to explore because it was the also the, the zone that carried with it the most danger. So that, if you actually go and look for video of like people exploring Eagles Rise or you know uh, Corthus Eastern Highlands, uh, you know uh, uh, Twin uh, Twin Pools and and parts of the Western Highlands, they're very hard to find because those areas were really challenging to get to. And so I just I, I kind of think that you know the 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 rarity of of context for some of these maps, especially for me because I never I never saw uh, a lot of these, and the way that they're going to be uh, built up is is really fascinating because the transition from 1.0 to 2.0 was really fascinating and how how loyally they took a lot of those maps and were able to uh to 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 um adjust them into uh really well woven zones um so i i think that the map design has always been something that's been very interesting to me and as you know i, I corthus is the most interesting example because we get to see that built over time mm-hmm. so uh that's uh that's that's why i'm interested in it uh you jerk I'm just, I'm just saying like we just spent almost as much time on that as we did like a lot of the story 
yeah, well, I, I, I think that Corthus is a really interesting place, and it's, uh, and it's worth talking about. Snow is pretty cool, guys. Well, it didn't always uh, used to have snow. Uh, but it's white. 1.0 didn't have snow. The, uh, the, the, Why tr- white, the, then? the truth is, we don't know. That is where Aniro lost his beard and had to settle for the <laughs> Mongolian thing. So there's, uh, there's always going to be a special place in his heart. Try to get back there, damn it. I just want my beard. It's like it's waiting for him. I there. lost it somewhere in the Western Highlands. A Drake killed me, and I never got it it's back. Frozen in the snow, they're just waiting to be discovered. A Nero's beard—that should be a quest in the new in the new 3.0. <laughs> and then you get yeah, and 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 sort of like like how you can unlock the ponytail styles. When through. you do the Nero's beard, you can have yes, women as well, make women it, as well. Make it happen, Square Enix. Make That's it happen. Bad. That would be the ultimate ode. Oh god! It would. It would. Uh, but you still can't see it when you put a helmet on and open the visor. So, uh, <laughs> so as we push farther north, there are much more interesting areas of the map that uh, you know have been hinted at uh, in terms of you know the greater Eorzean map. Uh, you know some of these uh, some of these Dravanian areas uh, and uh, and also uh, the abandoned Charlayan city uh, or encampment or whatever you want to call Which it. We don't even know what's left of that at this point because that was the place that got quote unquote wiped off the map wasn't it uh that that no was no, no that's n- i don't think that that's correct uh, so the, the thing the thing with the charlands is that they had uh they built a city in the south of dravania to sort of uh you know observe and, and study happenings in eorzea then they've got their island proper which is up to the north which is where they're they're native to okay um and that's where they fled when uh, Gaius van Belsar started invading Eorzea and after right. negotiations failed, um, they all fled up there. They abandoned the city. That's the island that's been destroyed. Okay. So, so right. it was some yeah. Dravanian place. Yeah. This, uh, yeah. And, and it's this, a ghost city. Right. It's a ghost city that used to contain their great library. Is that correct, uh, yes. Ethos? And and yeah, here's here's, right. here's here's a, a picture of uh of of what uh you know most I think uh, some people think is the the great library. Uh, Ethis, I know that you had pointed the this specific screenshot out to me uh, last night. Um, but I think that there's a lot of really compelling evidence that lends itself to say that this is the you know that this is the 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 Charlayan, uh you know um uh I don't know what you would call it city uh, second city uh in Encampment, whatever you want to call it. So, uh, Athos, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us some of your theories about uh, this specific uh, place in the uh, tour of the North video? Well, um, basically, when we started seeing these shots, you can see straight up it's a very Hellenic structure, and um, the the Shah lands have been sort of imposed against the uh the imperials in a lot of ways as being the the more hellenic side to the the roman imperial side um and it's it's very clearly a different architecture to the ish guardians or anything else we've seen um and the positioning of it is exactly where we know this uh this charlan city to be so um yeah, I'm, I'm basically 90% sure that that's what we're looking at. And this screenshot in particular uh, is, is very, very similar to um, a lot of artistic renditions we've seen throughout history of the, uh, the fabled library of Alexandria. 
um, which is what has me convinced that this is our library that we've been sort of <laughs> hinted at and promised and uh, is certainly going to do me out of a job. I was going to say, um, that, that is an impressive building right here. Like, the more that I look at well, it, I don't it, mind. It's it, it, awesome. might, it might make my job a lot easier. I can just uh, switch to reading. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You can uh, go there and just read about whatever. Yeah. Well, it would be it would be kind of interesting if you got to go there and it would be like a gigantic lore dump that you could just kind of read sweet. through. Just pop up all these books that you can read through. Oh Absolutely. man, I, I bet this would be in heaven. I, dude, I would actually oh, yeah. probably so take the time to to, to check it out. Oh, oh, I would too. But you never read Quest Text. That's, what? <laughs> that's a that's a joke. That's not. That's actually very much not true. So did did, did you read a little piece? of journal when you did Tamtara? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I did. Um, I did, and I bitched that my friends didn't want to let me because I was the only one who hadn't done it. And I was the, like, no, I have to read weren't all you of the, Weren't you the tank? Yes. Well, there you go. <laughs> what are they going to do about it? You can set the pace. <laughs> a, a lot of times, a lot of times, the 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 text that I glaze over at is the the fetch quest text. But oh, even yeah. even some of those, uh, you know, again, um, uh, the 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 one that jumps to mind are the two NPCs that are hanging out uh, out just outside of Snowcloak. Uh, that you know, a lot of those can can actually give you um, some really interesting lore answers to. Usually, uh, to holiday stuff. stuff is the stuff that I glance that I don't even. Oh, I, oh yeah. 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 Um and uh and and one more thing that uh I wanted to uh to talk to you, uh to you about uh specifically Ethis is uh you you did a video uh, a, uh maybe a month ago maybe a month and a half ago uh about uh Belias and uh the the possibility that we might be going to a place called Abalathia's spine and that uh we could get to know a primal named Belias. So why don't you tell us a little oh, bit more sure. about that? Well, we've been hearing about uh, Belias since the, I think it was the Summoner Questline. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, Summoner Questline in 2.0 uh, has us fighting a, a Belias Eggy, which is mentioned as an Elder Primal um, in the final, uh, the final quest for that. And it's not, it's not a super popular opinion when I put it out. Um, but if you have a look at the flavor text for the, uh, the Chocobo Triple Triad card, it actually mentions quite directly that the black Chocobos come from a place called Abalathia's Spine. Um, so my, my assumption is that given we've had no real indication of, um, <clears throat> of Coerthus uh, breeding these, I think we'll be traveling there personally. We'll be traveling to the Chocobo Forest in Abalathia's Spine, and we'll be right. taming one. And um, there's two things we know for sure that we're going to find there. The first is the, uh, the Hell's Guard Rogaden. Um, we know that's the area that they're from. And uh, they guard the volcanoes up there, which they believe to be a sort of gateway to the underworld. And that, that should make some really interesting dungeons, I think. The second is uh, the Gigas before they migrated down to uh, Mordona when the Crystal Tower was uncovered and they started worshipping the Crystal Tower. They were originally from Ablathia's spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we've, and they- we've had some hints. Sorry, go on. We've had some hints that, um, yeah, we've had some hints that there's going to be a third primal. Um, and Belias is a name that we've already got. Uh, Belias in uh, Final Fantasy XII shares a, a lot of real um, physical similarities to the Gigas and, mm-hmm. and their design. And uh, the, the subtitle for Belias in Final Fantasy XII is Belias the Gigas. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's a lot of compelling evidence there, and that there there is there is also some evidence that um, that uh, the Gigas primarily uh, migrated through through the Copper Bell uh, uh, mines. Am I correct? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. Okay, so uh, it, it's it's just it's an interesting you know there's there's that door at the very end of uh, uh, of Copper Bell and you know we don't know what's on the other side of that or uh, you know where that goes and uh, you know that's that's just I mean it, it is interesting to mention that because Gigas weren't weren't. Uh, at all, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 even a presence in 1.0, um, and that uh, a lot of people forget that specific plot point that the Gigas migrated to uh, that portion of Mordona in uh, worship of the Crystal Tower. Um, so yeah, we had some uh, we had some Mordona leave quests that were concerned with this, and right, um, right. we found a lot of the Gigas were actually carrying idols of the Crystal Tower, like little statuettes. Um, oh. A really interesting theory that was going around at the time there was that the Gigas might actually be uh, genetically engineered by the Alligans in oh, the way okay. that we see a lot of these these really giant Alligans. Uh, in the Crystal Tower and, the, and in Labyrinth of the Ancients, That's of true. course, um, that Amon was maybe experimenting with some sort of, uh, you know, ethereal genetic manipulation. And the Gigas were early experiments of this and were used as uh, manual labor to construct the Crystal Tower. And that they've sort of passed that down in a, a sort of oral tradition. And when the Crystal Tower has been re-uncovered, they've had sort of this cult movement towards it. That's a. That's, I think really that that's cool. a. That's a really compelling theory. Uh, and uh, it's really interesting. One that I yeah. I, when I, when I heard it, it's one of those where I was like, oh, that that just feels right. Like you know, like it might. Mm. It could. It could end up being something completely different. But you know, like that just there, there's something about that that just that feels like it makes sense. You so. know what? You know what it feels like. It feels like Square Enix. Yeah, that seems like one of their story. No, it feels like one of their story. Arcs. It does. It does. It does. Well, I think that's that's the most important thing to do. I think when you're theorizing about stuff like this, is that uh, a lot of people don't want to put their opinions out because they're so concerned about getting it right and they're so that's concerned true. about having it down. That's true. And then people are going to prove them wrong in a couple of months' time. But uh, that's that's not really what I'm about. And I, I think. It's about telling a story and it's about thinking, well, what can they do? What would be good for them to do? You know, what would we do if we were in the position where we had this stuff to work with? And I, I definitely think that, um, that that direction for the Gigas would be a really, a really interesting one for them to take. Yeah, absolutely. I totally I totally agree. And, uh, you know. Uh, I, I I agree. I, I like I like that idea that you know like there are a lot of people who are just obsessed with getting it right. And uh, one of the things about this show uh, is that you know we we like to just have discussions about stuff, uh, whether we're right or wrong. And you know a lot of people like to point out when we are wrong, and that's fine. You know we're I'm okay with being wrong. They have plenty of opportunities. The discussion is what's important. <laughs> the discussion is what's interesting. The the conversation yeah, is what's interesting. Right. Um, and uh, and that's something that uh, that Ethos does very well on his channel. And uh, and again, uh, you know, if this if this episode hasn't convinced you enough, uh, then uh, just watching one of his videos will. So uh, check out his uh, his channel over at youtube.com slash Ethos Asher. Ethos, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really fascinating uh, discussion. And, uh, you know, I think I think we we all have, uh, you know, are, are going to walk away with this with. Uh, with maybe some some different ideas and uh, and I think that that's that's really awesome so uh, thank you very much for your time this afternoon oh thank you for having me 
All right. Uh, so I think that's going to do it for part two of Limit Break Radio here. Uh, thank you so much for uh, tuning in on twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. If you're listening on the podcast and you want to be part of the live fun, then make sure that you head on over to twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio and follow us and uh, and uh, join us every time we go live. Uh, and uh, you should you should know by now uh, that, uh, that that's what's up. That's what we do. I uh, I also want to thank all of these lovely people who are hanging out with us in Corthus. We've got quite a crowd going here today. Awesome. Uh, so uh, so thank you all of you for uh, for hanging out with us this afternoon. Uh, it's been awesome. If you are listening live right now on the Twitch stream, uh, don't worry. We're going to go, uh, you know, we're going to go away for a few minutes. Take a quick break. Let this hot, stinky, sweaty room air out a little bit. And then we'll be back uh, with part three. We're going to be checking out... Uh, uh, more music we're going to be uh checking out an encore presentation of limit breaking music and uh and we're uh we're going to be checking out some of the uh great musical talents in the final fantasy 14 community uh so uh head on over to our website limitbreakradio.com subscribe to our podcast uh head on over to facebook.com slash limit break radio like us on facebook follow us on twitter that's at limit break radio we are on youtube you can check out all of the uh the episodes the twitch stream uh, from YouTube, uh, if, if that's your preferred way of uh, listening to the show, and that's at youtube.com slash limit break radio. We hope that you found this conversation to be interesting. And if you have and you think that limit break radio is worth your support, head on over to patreon.com slash limit break radio to support us and, uh, you know, this unique blend of Final Fantasy 14 podcasting and eventually video game podcasting that we're going to be producing. And uh, if you've already given our, our, we, our deepest thanks to you so thank you so much for helping make this show what it is uh that's uh that's gonna do it for limit break radio uh for my co-host the scalia ryu masa kalo landis juxtaposition and nika kayanian and big thanks to ethis asher for joining us today i'm a nero keep listening Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Funding for Limit Break Radio is provided by Miri Kennett, Scry De La Rosa, Zurian Urexin, Satori Komeji, Carquin Albarn, and fellow Limit Break Radio listeners. To support Limit Break Radio, visit Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Opening music in this episode from Daniel Lambie. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at Facebook.com slash Daniel Lambie Metal Gamer. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at Facebook.com slash Husky by the Geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by Diamond Multimedia. Check out their line of AMD graphics cards and other hardware at diamondmm.com. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. (laughs) 